0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for First realize Everyone's Equal. So I'd like to thank all of you who made it on site and braving this rainy weather instead of enjoying it at home. But for those who are at home who are joining us in real time, thank you for joining us also. So let us now prepare our hearts with the call to worship. Drawn by God's presence. gather. Inspired by God's Spirit, we We worship. Empowered by God's grace, we we live. live. We are community, embraced Embraced by by the mystery mystery of God's God's love for for all all creation. creation. We are a community that looks for the light of Christ, the light light that shines in every every time, time, every every place and every life. Within this dynamic community, we foster connections and experiences that bring meaning to life and help us face the issues of the day. Together, together we strive, strive to, to, live to live with loving hearts, hearts, open minds and hands extended, extended to, to all. Welcome home. Amen. Now let us join the worship team in a time of worshipping together.
1: See Jesus name. You don't All the voices all the way, every dream that reaches out that reaches out to find where love became every word of every story, every star in every sky. corner of creation lives to testify. For as long as I shall live, I will testify to love. I'll be a witness in the silences, when words are not enough. With every breath I take, I'll give thanks to God above. For as long as I shall live I will testify to love From the mountains to the valleys From the rivers to the sea Every hand that reaches out Every hand that reaches out to offer peace Every single hand, of mercy oh, Every step to kingdom come All the hope in every heart will sing what love has done For as long as I shall live, I will testify to love. I'll be a witness in the silences, with words are not enough. With every breath I take, I'll give thanks to God above. For as long as I shall live, I will testify to love. For as long as I shall live, I will testify to love. I'll be a witness in the silences when words are not enough. With every breath I take, I'll give thanks to God above. For as long as I shall live, I will testify to love. I shall live, I will testify to love. I'll be a witness in the sciences when words are not enough. With every breath I take, I'll give thanks to God above. For as long as I shall live, I will testify to love.
2: We come to a time of prayer. And this time I invite you to still yourselves and recognize and be aware of the presence of God. God is ever-present, but often we are too distracted to pay attention. But this moment, we come together, and in the silence, recognize the presence that embraces us, the presence that loves us, the presence that's so close like our breath. God, we come together carrying many things. Some of us weighed down by anxiety and fear. Some carrying grief. Some carrying joy and hope. And very often, we carry all these things as one person complex, contradictory, wanting to feel joy at the same time, carrying a lot of grief. This is the complex existence of our lives today. Even as we celebrate, celebrations cannot be complete because of all the violence, all the wars, all the things that are going on in the world. God, you continue to invite us to bring your kingdom here on earth, a kingdom where all are beloved, all are free, all are well. This kingdom where creation is tended to with love and care rather than being plundered for our benefit. God, we have sinned in how we have failed to care for the environment, to care for each other, and to care for ourselves. Us, guide us, strengthen us on how we can do that, knowing that you you are guiding us through love, through justice and through humility. Help us hope for a different kind of world but there shall be no more tears. We lift up all our siblings to you, those going through health issues, chronic and acute. We lift up our siblings who are struggling with grief and loss, our our siblings struggling with heartbreak, we pray for them, and we pray for us. We want to lift up our hopes and dreams. Even as we are going to celebrate our 19th anniversary next week, we give thanks. We give thanks for your abiding presence that led us this far, beyond our imagination and beyond our wildest dreams you continue to pour out so much to us so that we can be that light and that beacon. And we can testify to your love through our stories and our lives. We give thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Over
1: the mountains you gaze At flocks in the plain You're relentless to find
3: good morning and welcome to FCC. So whether you're here for the very first time, whether you've been here multiple times, welcome home. So as we move into the sermon time, one of the things we love to do uh, is actually to engage with you on Menti. I have a couple of questions within the sermon simply because you actually help uh, with your sharing, your insights, experiences um, to kind of help build the sermon. So if you would, uh, you can go to the shortcut which is either um, You know use a QR code or you can go to scc.laz menti it will take you directly to that page uh, So there will be the slides as well as whatever questions that may come up later, okay? So whether you're online on site, okay, I invite you to join us on menti.com okay? Will you join me in a word of prayer as we begin? May the words of my mouth, and the meditation of all of our hearts, be pleasing to you, our God, my strength, and my Redeemer. Amen. So, I was in the US, preparing for my intensive classes in late August, when the Prime Minister made his National Day Rally speech and announced plans for the repeal of 377A. It's been about a month since the announcement, and I was wondering how you are feeling in the midst of this long-awaited repeal of 377A. I think whether you're an ally, or a silent observer, or a member of the LGBTQ community, I'm sure this news probably brought up some thoughts and feelings for you. For me, to be honest, I have mixed feelings about it. Because while I'm glad and thankful that this unjust law is finally slated for repeal in Singapore, the ever-rising voices of religious conservatives calling for the protection of the family is jarring and painful. Families come in all shapes and sizes, and queer people have families too. We're all part of families. We all love and value our families in the same way. Love is what makes a family. And some LGBTQ plus folks have asked me before why I continue to be a Christian, not just a Christian, right, a pastor, when Christianity has caused so much harm to those on the margins of society. And I have thought deeply about this question and I realized that the reason why I'm still a Christian is because of Jesus, who He is, what He has done, and what He stands for. You know, in Jesus, we catch a glimpse of God with us. But not only that, We also witness the lengths to which God's love is willing to go. And we will see that in our scripture today. And so let me read to you from Matthew chapter 9, verse 9 to 13, 18 to 26. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax collection station. And he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, Jesus said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And while he was saying these things to them, suddenly a leader came in and knelt before him, saying, my daughter has just died, but come, come lay your hand on her and she will live. And Jesus got up and followed him with his disciples. Then suddenly, a woman who had been suffering from a flow of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she was saying to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be made well. And Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that moment. When Jesus came to the leader's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And the report of this spread through all of that district. So in this passage, we see Matthew, the tax collector, who we all know later became one of Jesus' disciples. And then there was a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, interspersed with the story of the raising back to life of the leader's daughter. You know, as I was meditating on this passage, I realized that although they were vastly different kinds of situations, there was a common thread that ran through them. And this common thread is that Jesus shows himself to be the great destructor. Matthew, the tax collector, was basically perceived by the Pharisees as a sinner, undeserving of Jesus' friendship and fellowship. Why? Why is he hanging out with people like that? Tax collectors were social outcasts among the Jews at that time, because they were seen as collaborators with the Roman imperial authorities. By calling Matthew into the community of disciples when he said to him, follow me, and by eating with him and other tax collectors and sinners, Jesus disrupts social and religious norms and reorders social and community relationships by including the excluded. In his interaction with Matthew and those that the religious community ostracized, Jesus shows how it's not only possible, but necessary to disrupt harmful social and religious norms. Who are those today who are excluded by harmful social and religious norms? And then there was the bleeding woman. The bleeding woman would have been considered unclean, according to Jewish purity laws, and she would have been shunned by her community for 12 years. That's how long she has suffered this ailment and isolation from others. Can you imagine? People avoiding you because you're considered unclean, and you have been struggling alone and afraid not knowing if this bleeding will ever stop. Whether you have experienced menstruation or not, I'm sure you've heard a lot about it, right? Can you imagine bleeding continually for 12 years with all of its attendant symptoms? This woman had been suffering for too long and she wanted to be made well. She needed to be made well to be restored to wholeness, to community. So she had been following Jesus among the crowds that were almost crushing him, and that you can read in the other versions of the other Gospels. And she said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, just the edge, just the tassels of his garment, I will be made well. Such faith, right? Like the religious leader who had begged Jesus to lay his hand on his daughter so she would live. That same faith. They both believed that all they needed was a touch from Jesus. A moment of connection that would completely change their lives if I only touched the tassels of His garment. Touch sounds like a very innocuous word, right? here in English. But in Greek, in the original Greek, the word is haptomai, which actually means to modify or to change something or someone by touching. It's a touching that influences, a touching in a way that alters, that modifies, that changes a person. You can almost call it an impact touching, right? It makes a difference kind of touching. And interestingly, in this case, it was the woman who reached out to touch Jesus first, believing that this touch would change her physical, her social, her spiritual condition, and she would be made well. She believed that with all of her heart, even as she reached out to touch Jesus. And then Jesus turned, and seeing her among all the crowds, he said, "'Take heart, daughter.' Your faith has made you well. Although Matthew is very succinct with his words and description, I can almost imagine in Jesus' eyes as he looked at her with great compassion. Perhaps he reached out and took her hand as he said these words, Take heart, take courage, daughter. Your faith has made you well. I always thought it was a little strange that Jesus referred to her as daughter. Because Jesus couldn't have been older than her. In fact, she probably was older than Jesus. And I think Jesus addressed her as daughter not only to express the feeling of kinship, but also as a gentle reminder that she is a daughter of God. No matter what people around her have said, and you can imagine people have said all sorts of things to her and about her, but nothing will ever change the fact that she is a daughter of God. And Jesus was reaffirming her status as beloved, acceptable to God, and that God cared about her and her situation that she has not been abandoned or forgotten. The third encounter was with the leader's daughter. And Matthew notes that there were flute players among the mourners at the house. Why that strange detail, right? At that time, social customs dictated that even the poorest people in Israel had to have at least two flute players at a funeral. So the presence of the flute players and why Matthew mentions it actually confirms that the girl had already died. There was no question about it. And that's why the crowd laughed with scorn at Jesus when he told them, please go away. She's not dead but sleeping. But he proved them wrong by going into the room, taking her by the hand and by his touch, that touch that changes, that touch that has the power to alter and modify people and situations, the girl got up. Do you touch people's lives in a way that changes them for the better? In a way that gives them life? In a way that draws them into healing and community? That's the kind of touch that we are talking about. That's the kind of disruptor that Jesus is. Jesus disrupted so no one would be left behind. Jesus disrupted so that everyone, regardless of gender, race, nationality, social, economic background, etc., would know that they are equally beloved and cherished in God's eyes. But Jesus didn't just disrupt. He wasn't just... A troublemaker. Jesus was also the great restorer. He did not just disrupt situations that brought harm, ostracism and death. He restored people to life, community and well-being. You see, in each story, Jesus takes hold of what is considered impure, the ostracized tax collector, the bleeding woman, the dead body, and restores them to life, to community, to well-being, demonstrating his heart of mercy and compassion. In his interactions with Matthew, the tax collector, we see Jesus disrupting ostracism, challenging mindsets of who is included. In his contact with the bleeding woman, we see him publicly disrupting the ostracism that she has faced, the isolation she has faced, her illness and restoring her to wholeness physically and socially and in his tender moments with the daughter of the leader, we see him disrupting death and disbelief. He did all these so that the ones whom he encountered may be made well and whole, restored to life community, well-being. And even today, many of us have witnessed and experienced God's work of disruption and restoration in our own lives, the lives of our loved ones, the lives of people around us. So I want to ask you to share, right, for your experience. In what ways have you witnessed or experienced God's work of disruption and restoration in your own life or perhaps in the life of your loved ones or perhaps people around you or friends in what ways have you actually seen that happen, even today? Because we know that God is still in the business of changing lives of touching lives in a way that modifies So how have you witnessed that or experienced that in your own life? The love of God, yes. I think many of us perhaps have experienced God's love in a very personal way, in a transformative way. Through justice and mercy, the healing of chronic condition, amazing. Recognising my worth is not based on what I do, but who I am in God, yes, beautiful. Consoling grieving souls, mm -hmm. Demanding a relationship between myself and my mother. Wow. When I was in IMH, prison ward, I re-accepted God into my life to get by the lonely one week. Justice. Dad, who was a long-time Taoist, became a Christian, who now prays for me. Wow. Supernatural protection during car accidents. Yes. I have experienced that too. Dad, who... Okay. When I had the courage to leave a toxic work environment without plan B, yeah, definitely. Leading, calmness in difficult times, yes. Helped me to quit smoking and addiction without any withdrawal symptoms. Healed my thyroid. Praise the Lord. It's amazing. Through people who bring the faith into the family, dad died. I'm sorry to hear that. My life was disrupted when I went for rehab, but I came out restored. Healing from panic attacks. When he says, I love you despite, when I was confronted because of my sexual orientation. It's painful. Reminding me that comfort can be a barrier to progress, yes. My sister and I becoming closer when we both realized we were trans. Oh, that's so beautiful. He touched me, a lowly sinner, even when no-one else wanted to be around me Finding inner peace when you're feeling sad Coming to FCC at a time I was ready and experiencing emotional healing I'm so thankful to hear that Restored me to community life when I was in my own private slough of despondence and gave me the courage to stop living a lie and be out and proud Yes Being able to forgive and live harmoniously after a relationship challenge Challenges For leading me away from vice and gang activities No longer having a previous lifelong issue of irritable bowel syndrome Wow Being part of the life of FCC Thank you Thank you for sharing all these And some of these so vulnerable experiences Of you and your life And of your experience of God Miracle healing from bleeding Wow, a very direct uh, example from today. We continue to have hope even in the most challenging circumstances because we know we worship a God who has the power to disrupt and restore. God is still able to speak life into situations and hearts that seem dead. God is still able to disrupt oppression and marginalization and restore people to community and well-being and as followers of Christ we are called to this sacred work too in a way we are mini disruptors and restorers at the heart of this gospel passage Jesus says something very important that is called to our work of disrupting and restoring and this one verse from the prophets is something that jesus quotes twice in matthew so i figured it must be quite significant he tells the pharisees go and learn what this means i desire mercy not sacrifice although he's speaking to the pharisees i suspect this is something jesus would say to us too go and learn what this means Jesus is actually quoting from Hosea 6.6 in the Hebrew Bible. Hosea, centuries earlier, had condemned the Jews for trying to excuse their idolatry, their oppression of the poor, by offering the prescribed animal sacrifices. And so Hosea 6.6 says this, and I gave you two versions so you can see the slight difference. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, Or For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice The knowledge of God more than burnt offerings In the Hebrew, the word mercy What God wants is haset, Which is actually what it means is steadfast love And that's why the NRSV translates it that way Steadfast love, a faithful love, a covenant love That's what God desires A steadfast love and in the Greek translation of the Old Testament The Hebrew Bible that the early church And many Jews in the first century used That word was translated into mercy okay? And mercy in Greek Elios Actually means It has a tenderness to it It has a meaning of compassion Of loving kindness Very similar To that steadfast love That, that compassion That we are supposed to have Sacrifice is necessary sometimes, okay? I must put it out there. I mean, last week, Miak was speaking about how we as stewards, we have been entrusted with the care of the earth and all creation. And sometimes in order to care better for the earth and for other living creatures, we do need to make sacrifices. But God desires for us to go beyond the level of obligation beyond the level of sacrifice, to love, steadfast love. That's what mercy means. What God wants from Israel and what God wants from us is a heart in alignment with God's heart, a heart that loves so much that sacrifice drops out of our vocabulary. And Hosea wasn't the only prophet who spoke about how God desires our hearts more than our sacrifices. Amos also said that. He was also one of the prophets. He said, even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them, but let justice roll down like water and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And writing about the same time, the prophet Micah also asked, shall I come before God with burnt offerings? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams? God has shown you, O oh mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. When you see these verses, I wonder if they remind you of anyone. I see Miyak smiling over there. The Amos and Micah passages were some of Reverend Yap's favourite Bible passages, and we would hear him refer to them often. Some of you didn't get a chance to meet Reverend Yap while he was alive. He was the first Asian Bishop of the Methodist Church in Singapore and Malaysia, and in his later years after he retired, he felt led to speak up for the LGBTQ community in Singapore, and he wrote a letter to a newspaper to the Straits Times. And that was how FCC members knew about him and his stand, and said, can it be? And they made arrangements to meet with him. And you'll hear more about his story next week during our church anniversary service. But a few years ago, before he passed, I remember once telling him, Reverend Yap, thank you so much for all the sacrifices you and your family made in order to stand with us. He looked at me thoughtfully, like he was pondering what I was saying. And then he replied, I don't think of it as a sacrifice. At that time, I thought he was just being humble. But now I think I understand better what he meant. It was not a sacrifice to him, because he had gone beyond the level of sacrifice to love. He was doing it out of compassion, steadfast love, loving-kindness, mercy. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, Jesus said. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Are you willing to do the same? Are you willing to disrupt situations that bring harm, ostracism, and death? And will you participate in the work of restoring people and situations, including all of creation, back to life, wholeness, and well-being? And so even as you reflect on that question, I wanted to ask you to think in what areas do you feel led today? to participate in the work of disruption and restoration. For some of us, you have experienced God's work of disruption and restoration in your life. And today, even as I was speaking, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. Perhaps there are certain groups of people that God has been putting on your hearts that you feel, yeah, I want to do something there. Perhaps it's in your own life that disruption and restoration needs to happen. Perhaps it's in the life of your family, of your friends, of people around you, the community. Illicit drugs, intercession, HIV, prayer, volunteering, human trafficking, mental illness, deeds. A God of love? environmental justice LGBTQ equity mental illness gender equity indeed being forgiving, humility with difficult people being loving people in pain creation care Racism, yes. So many areas that God has been placing on all of our hearts that God is calling us to disrupt and to restore. Today Jesus is telling us, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. May the foundation for our sacred work of disrupting and restoring be steadfast love, loving-kindness, mercy, and compassion. Will you join me in a word of prayer? God who loves us beyond measure, God of mercy, You have shown us, you have demonstrated to us what it means to live a life of steadfast love, of compassion, of loving kindness, and to allow that to motivate the way that you disrupt and restore all things and all people so that we can come back into your love so that we can be restored to life, to community, to well-being. And God, you call us to do the same, that we are meant to go out into the world to do that very thing, to disrupt and restore because of a heart of love and compassion. So God, today we say we are here and we are imperfect and we are weak. We don't have everything and all abilities, but whatever abilities we have, with the hearts that we have, God, we lay them down and say, God, use us so that this world may know that they are loved And that they are deserving of your love in every way. As we pray all this, in Jesus' name, amen.
4: So, to prepare ourselves for a time of communion, I invite you to just take a moment, bring your minds back from wherever it is, ground ourselves in the present moment, in our body and breath. And knowing that this table set by God is an open table that is welcome, um, welcoming to all. And Even though we are not physically together, this table really transcends time and space. There are no boundaries no requirements. There is no need to change yourself. So the invitation here is to really lay aside your cares and burdens and know that God's grace is sufficient. Not just sufficient, but abundant and unconditional. When Jesus sat at tables and broke bread with the tax collectors, lawyers, rich elites, and poor peasants, he proclaimed that God's radical love and abiding presence knows no bounds. Through these occasions of sharing food, every person experienced God and shared in God's kingdom.
0: A kingdom kingdom where where all are are welcome, welcome, all all are 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 worthy, and and all are invited. invited
4: a kingdom where lives are transformed and empowered and the fruits of God's gentle justice bloom throughout
0: creation.
4: All people, including each of us, are invited to share in this sacred meal of celebration and be strengthened by the presence of God in this place.
1: Remember that Jesus fed 5,000 hungry people with five loaves of bread and two fish.
4: At this miraculous meal, There was such an abundance that everyone ate until they were full, and there were even 12 baskets of food left over.
1: Holy Holy God, we celebrate your your abundant care
4: and solidarity solidarity revealed in this this meal. meal. Remember that while sharing a meal with Pharisees, Jesus welcomed a woman viewed as an outsider. As the woman anointed his feet with oil, Jesus declared her dignity before everyone at the meal. Holy God, God, we we celebrate celebrate your gracious gracious inclusiveness inclusiveness revealed in in this meal. At these meals, Jesus and all his disciples resisted the divisions, injustice and violence of society. They lived lived outside the kingdom kingdom of God, God, a place place of love, justice and mutuality. But we also recognize that not all people liked Jesus' ministry. For some people, it was scandalous. They said,
0: look, a glutton glutton and and a drunkard, a a friend friend of of tax collectors and sinners.
4: When his arrest seemed near, Jesus ate a meal in an upper room with the disciples. As he had done so many times before, he took bread, and after having given thanks to you, holy God, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, this time saying, do this in remembrance of me. After the meal, he shared the wine, gave thanks, and said, I will not drink from this cup again until I drink it with you in the kingdom of God. And the stewards come forward to distribute the elements. Jesus was then unjustly killed by the systems of domination of His day. To some of His frightened disciples, it seemed that the bread symbolised His broken body and the wine His blood. God, the Kingdom of God God persisted and persists today through the many people who seek to be your resurrection resurrection community.
1: Holy Holy God, in the sharing of this bread and
4: wine, we joyfully joyfully celebrate celebrate the hope-inspiring ministry and and resurrection of of Jesus Christ. Christ. You may all partake of the elements together. I invite you to rise as you are willing and able, and join me in the prayer of communion. All together. Gracious God, God may, may this meal be for us and Emmaus, Emmaus meal, where we encounter your presence in the sharing of this food, as the disciples, disciples did at their, their meal in Emmaus. Emmaus. May the sharing of this food be a taste of your kingdom, holy God so we may be strengthened to be your joyful and hopeful disciples.
3: And And may may we we share in your kingdom of of love, justice justice, and and mutuality with those around us. us. Amen. Amen.
4: Please be seated.
0: Welcome once again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where Free stands for First Realize Everyone's Equal. I'd like to thank Pastor Pauline for her sermon. As I was listening to it, I was thinking, you know, if Jesus was the great disruptor, I wonder what modern Christianity is. We are like, you know, so mainstream now and we are like sheeples. We just follow the rules and we don't dare to step out of line, etc. But sometimes I think most of us will probably be thinking, what? Can what difference can one person make? You know? What if I don't take that one plastic straw today with me? Now, my life, it's only one straw, what? what difference will it make? If I don't eat that bowl of shark's fin, now, my life, the shark is really cute, what? what difference will it make? But actually it's really like that starfish story about that little boy who is you know walking along the seashore and throwing back one starfish at a time. And the, the man asked him, why are you throwing back that starfish? There are so many starfish along this seashore, you know? But the boy said, I made a difference to that one starfish. So I think that, you know, as a Christian community, a lot of times we cannot think that, you know, our one person's effort, one person's mercy, one person's action will not make a difference because together as a collective community, we will indeed make a difference in this society and in this world. So I'd like to welcome you once again to Free Community Church, whether you're here for the first time or you're here many, many times, welcome home. If you are new to us with FCC, uh, please uh, allow us to stay in charge with you by scanning that QR code and fill up the form. Someone from the church will actually reach out to you. Every month, we actually have a newcomers meeting, and today's meeting happened to be immediately after Sunday's uh, immediately after service today in that room behind so if you're new here and you like to find out more about the church i see a lot of new faces today uh you like to talk to the pastors talk to some of the leadership uh find out what actually scc stands for is scc uh, uh what Cult church or something like that that you know you've been warned against joining us or something uh please come and talk to us join the newcomers meeting and uh let you know that you know uh We are quite a normal church. We talk about God's love, we talk about Christianity, we talk about discipleship, etc., etc. So do join us today uh, at the newcomers' meeting. So this is the collection section of the service. Uh, We actually collect for two separate funds. One is the FCC general fund, which actually pays for the salary and also the maintenance and the broadcast and everything to make sure that services and uh, ministries and programs actually go out properly. And one, go- one goes to the building fund, which pays for uh, the mortgage of this place. So you may give by pay now, uh, by scanning the above QR codes, or you may also give by credit card at freecomchurch.gift.asia. But please note that giving by credit card only goes to a general fund, and uh, there's a 1.5% platform fee uh, charged by the platform itself. Uh, For those on site, if you'd like to give, uh, the stewards will bring the collection bags later. You may just raise your hands. But before the stewards go about doing that, let us pray. God, indeed, we give thanks to you for the gift of your Son, so that we may know of your love for us. And that at times in this world where we feel that you know everything is just dark and miserable, we know that you are with us. And that we, in response to your love, should be the ones taking the actions, doing the work, showing your love to others. God, we lift up all our offerings, financial, effort, time, to you, and we ask for your guidance and your wisdom, so that more and more we'll know that we are your beloved creation. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Now we will ask the stewards to come forward and take up the offering. So this is now the announcement section of the service. First announcement. There's actually a program later on uh, from 1 pm to 3 30 pm. This is by the FCC Chinese Ministry. So FC uh, uh, If you have not signed up for it, because the programme is today, you're still welcome to actually stay. So this uh, programme will be about talking about the Lord's Prayer. Wait, let me take out my translation. Okay, it's actually about uh, assessing the gateway to heaven's blessing, deciphering the secret to the Lord's Prayer, and entering into the presence of God. So if you are interested, you can actually go for lunch, and then you come back at 1 p.m. You'll uh, uh, last to around 3.30 p.m. So, do you find your life very boring? Do you find your days very monotonous? It's like the days repeat itself and then every day become, yeah, what's the difference between Monday and Saturday and all those? If you find your life boring, come join the production ministry as volunteers. We really need visual presenters and everything else because if you join as volunteers, I tell you, I guarantee you a joke to your heart every single Sunday. You will have a mini heart attack. So, if you are interested to sign up, you may sign up at info at freecomchurch.org. So there's also a prayer rope making uh, workshop. This will be on the 16th of October. Uh, for more info and registration, you may just register at fcc.la.com slash A-C-E. So just now, uh, uh, for one of the questions, uh, some of you actually, actually mentioned mental health. So FCC is also very uh, concerned about the mental health being of our members and our friends. So we are also carrying out a mental health a talk about mental health. So in October, we'd like to invite you to a small group discussions on mental health. Whether you have lived experiences or not, regardless of how much or little you know, come share your perspective, stories, and curiosities. Allow yourself to be touched as we step towards being a more compassionate community. Uh, for this session, please remember to RSVP at infofreecomchurch.org. At uh, this session will be held on of October from 1 to 3 p.m. Now, I will invite Pastor Pauline to come and talk about our FCC anniversary service next
3: Sunday. So, as many of you have heard, um, we are having our 19th anniversary service uh, next week. Uh, Some ways that you can get ready together with us uh, for the service, right? This, This is an invitation to participate if you want to, okay? Purely optional. So, we will be catering lunch, okay? So, don't worry. Um, But it would be lovely if you would like to bring a simple dish or a small snack that you want to share with everybody in the community. Uh, Because it's been such a long time since we've gathered in such big numbers, right? To eat together, to celebrate together. So it'll be a very, very special time. And we thought that it would be a wonderful way if everybody gets to contribute in a small way, right? It's like, this is one of my favourite snacks, you know, like, chai! And this is one of the great ways for us to practice being a co host Right, because that's our challenge for this uh, great banquet. How do you move from being a guest to a host? Right? So we will be actually having a special table set up right in the middle of the sanctuary. Uh, and this is where you can place all your food items. So, and this will happen before the service starts. All right? So do come early right, if you want to place your items so that you know, there will be less disruption. <laughs> the second thing uh, that you can choose to participate if you want to is that as a follow-through practice from Myak's sermon last week on being better stewards, I think as a church, we would like to use less disposables, especially at big events like these, right? And if you have a food container, I brought an example in case, all right, for visual impact, uh, and all utensils, right, that you can bring from home. I know many of us kind of bought stuff like this during the pandemic, right, to go and tapau to take away food, right? Uh, If you have those lying at home, if you're like, yeah, you know, I want to bring it along um, for your own use uh, during our catered lunch, um, please consider doing so. I think we would like to do better as a community, like what um, Jamie just said. Sometimes we wonder if "Ah, that one little fork makes a difference. but I think if we do it together as a community, it makes an even bigger difference and we want to do better together, okay? So that's all optional, invitational, even if you come just as you are, we would love to celebrate with you as well. But these are just some things that you can consider participating as we prepare for our anniversary service together. Okay, So come next week. And now I want to invite Mia to come and celebrate our birthday babies.
2: So every month um, we pray and give thanks for um, members in our church who are celebrating our birthdays. Um, and we haven't asked them to come forward for a very long time. I see one of the names up there. <laughs> Would you be willing to come up? Just, just, always by invitation, never by coercion. <laughs> this is a spring of surprise. Who else is here today? Uh? Eli- Eliza? Did I see Eliza? In the, in the hive. Oh, Eliza in the hive. Yes? Sure. Ben... Which band? The oh okay. Just invite la those who are celebrating your birthday in September, please come up. So we'll pray for you. Yes. Come, come. Come. Yes. Today. Mm. Let us pray. God, we lift up these siblings to you. We celebrate their lives, and we celebrate your love in their lives, on their journeys, the ups and the downs, and we celebrate that time, the life that you've given them, and we pray that in the coming year, they continue to grow deeper, continue to be blessed continue to overcome the challenges they encounter in life we want to celebrate with them your loving presence has guided them so long we ask for courage and wisdom so that we all build a different kind of world so that we can shape this kingdom we can participate in what you've called all of us to do. So we celebrate their lives, and we hope that they can testify to your love every single day. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. (laughs) We've finally been able to do that. Since, you know, last time was every month we pray for the birthday babies and then the names up there and that, that's it. Uh, but grateful that we are, we are moving forward and moving ahead. I invite you to stand and receive the benediction. I was inspired by the songs that we sing, Testify to Love, Pauline's sermon, um, even Jamie's nudging. I was reminded of the prayer from St. Um. San, what, a, a villa? Oh no, St. Teresa or a villa? The prayer goes, Christ has no body but yours. Christ has no hands nor feet but yours. It is through your eyes, it is through your hands that Christ touches the world today. So when you go out, May you allow yourself be an instrument of God's love, be an instrument of justice, be an instrument of mercy to move beyond sacrifice but come from that place of deep love so you can do what is required of you. Simply, do justice love, mercy, and walk humbly with God all of your lives. So go, knowing you are the body of Christ, always. Amen. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Look forward to seeing you. Have a blessed week ahead.